and welcome to this Endo Life episode 39. I'm Jessica Duffin and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. Before I get started with today's guest, who I'm super excited about, I'd like to say a word about our sponsors today. BU period patches are sourced by nature and backed by science. They're made with zero chemicals, they're 100% natural and provide a period cramp relief for up to 12 hours. The oils that they use are scientifically proven to reduce muscle cramps and therefore pain. I really love what this company are doing. Not only are they providing alternative and natural pain relief options for people with periods, but to date, all of their profits have gone to either endo, PCOS, adenomyosis causes and petitions, including the menstrual well-being and petition that I was a part of. I really think they're paving the way for better periods. They're a complete pleasure to work with, like such a pleasure and genuinely care. They even message me, bless their hearts, to tell me that they share an office and they've been making all the men in the office listen to my podcast and they all went home and spoke to their wives about it, which I just thought was, yeah, amazing and um, really, really sweet. So yeah, they really care. Their patches come in packs of five, cute little packs packs that are super light and really thin so they can just slip in your bag it's $4.99 for um, a subscription a monthly subscription and $6.99 for a pack to shop just head to the link in my show notes and start soothing period cramps a natural way today is with the incredible bundle of energy that is emily sour founder of owner and co-founder of lady bits league and the sexual wellness summit after years and years of enduring painful sex in silence i mean emily's story is quite heartbreaking. Emily made it her mission to find a way to make sex pleasurable again for herself and turns out women all over the world. Owner was the result, a rubber wearable that allows you to be in control of penetration depths and is helping hundreds of women around the world to experience relief from painful sex, including me. So for those of us with endometriosis pain um, associated painful sex, I really believe that Owner could make a huge difference and it provides kind of like a natural treatment option in a way to painful sex that helps us to rely less on getting drunk or taking loads of painkillers or total avoidance or disassociating with our body or just having sex to please partner whilst pelvic floor therapy is incredibly helpful for many with endometriosis it can sometimes be quite a long and painful process to actually get to the relief. So Ona allows couples to explore sex and pain-free sex sooner in their journey. And I think that can really build confidence and encourage you in your, yeah, in your journey back to healing or not necessarily back to, but to healing and experiencing painful sex, painless sex, not painful for the first time ever. In this episode, we talk about the huge and pretty much unspoken issue of painful sex, why and how Emily designed the owner, the scientific support she received from specialists and how it's changing the experience of painful sex for so many with endometriosis. Emily is just this whirlwind of excitement and passion and drive and I think she's a really really incredible individual and it was such a pleasure to have her on and to hear about the work that she's doing. I know that this company is really pushing for more awareness around endometriosis and um, gynae conditions so I'm super thankful that she came on the show and that she's doing the work she's doing. 
If you want to try and own up for yourself, you can actually get 15% off with the code JD2019. That's all one word, um, all caps, and uh, J for Jessica, D for Duffin. And they do ship worldwide, I believe. Double check if you have trouble, let us know. Um, but yeah, 15% off. And I think you'll be interested in trying it after you hear you know what people are saying and I really love the owner and I think Emily's brilliant so anyway here she is so um I know from watching your kickstarter and stuff that you experienced painful sex um pelvic pain so if you're happy to share um it would be great if you could tell us a little bit about your your background and your experience with that yeah I love it I also just love the question like are you happy to share your experience about painful sex because generally if you ask anyone else that the answer would probably be no <laughs> um, or like or they would run the other direction yeah yeah <laughs> um, so which is the perfect segue um, for my entire adult life as, as a sexual adult um, I had deep pelvic pain during penetration and it was the kind of thing where I, I grew up where, you know, whenever you were in physical pain, there was always like the, the, the deal with it. Like, are you sure you're sick? Are you sure you're actually in pain? And I would, was always taught to suppress, um, my response to pain and, and kind of muscle through it. Uh, so for about 10 years, I, I actually did that with sex, uh, and never spoke up to a partner, never spoke up. Oh my gosh. That's such a long time. So yeah, it's a really long time. Yeah. And it, it, um, it becomes a very different complication at the end of those 10 years. Um, it's not no longer just a physical problem. It's, it can kind of transition into an emotional one. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I guess at towards the end, oh, sorry, I apologize also for the sirens. Yeah, New, York City, New York city is, is a very exciting place. Um, oh goodness. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. But, um, that's actually how I felt while I was in pain during <laughs> sex. I actually didn't say anything, which is actually not far from the truth. But um, but yeah, it got to a point when the pain was so severe that I um, I just felt terrible about myself during the experience. And I felt like I was disappointing my partner. I wasn't sexy. I wasn't sexual. I, I didn't want to have sex at all. And um, it's uh, finally when I had come up with the idea of Onut and, and had the audacity to, to make a prototype, whatever that meant at the time. Um, and it worked all of a sudden I didn't blame myself for the physical experience that I was having. I it was literally as if the weight was completely lifted and I cried a lot. <laughs> um, and then just started telling everyone that I was experiencing pain during sex, which was so exciting. <laughs> what were people's reactions when you started talking about it? Well, I mean, listen, if I'm excited to tell you, be like, oh my God, guess what? I have pain during like deep positions sometimes. And I came up with this crazy idea. If I say something like that to you, it's like, wow, that's a lot of information, but you're really excited about it. Cool. I think I'm excited too. Um, <laughs> but um, people would respond generally with with curiosity and understanding that's really cool that's really good to hear yeah people had way more of a shared experience than I ever thought imaginable mm. um yeah I thought I was alone for a decade and 
like almost every single person was like, I know someone or I myself had that experience or I've been with someone who's had that experience. Um, yeah, it was completely transformative. And did you, during those 10 years, did you do any, um, like, did you go to doctors? Did, were you, did you ever find out why you were having pain during sex? I tried. Um, I tried to the extent that um, I felt comfortable trying because when you're ashamed of something, your your best effort is maybe a little bit less than of course, yeah. Your when you're confident about it, so I would ask my gynecologists at my annual appointment, and they would tell me it was no big deal, um, and that I should just you know relax and have a glass of wine, which is horrifying to say. That's so strange that I recently had another guest who came on um, to talk about painful sex, and she said that's what they told her to do. It's like you know, I really don't need like an alcohol problem on top of like my pelvic issue. Yeah. Absolutely. Start associating sex with like being drunk. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, thank you, medical system. Um, <laughs> and then, but then also to be fair, it's like, I had no idea how, I didn't have the vocabulary to even look up for answers on the internet. Yeah, of course. Um, and so the results that yielded were, were uh, deterrent in themselves. So do you still not know to this day, like what caused? No, 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 I do. Um, I, I've since, uh, been to PT, uh, and, and we're currently working it out. <laughs> it is a current process. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, you guys are like in America, you are really on it with PT, but it's not a thing really in the UK. There are very few practitioners. So we, we really need to get on it because every time I talk to like one of my friends in America with endo, they're like, yeah, I've got a great pelvic floor therapist. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And and it works really well. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, you know, in conjunction with uh, responsible and early diagnostic medical solutions, um, it is, it is, physiotherapy is the best uh, accompaniment uh, in the healing process for sure. Um, you know, I'd say, yeah, I mean, the, the position in which it, it gains the most traction is in the in the post and prenatal categories, because um, it's easy to encourage new moms to have a strengthened pelvic floor to facilitate as an easy second birth, if that is of interest. So when it comes to the, pre and post, the land of pre and postnatal, um, you know, the, the, the government and larger institutions stand behind it. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. The, I, I just, I don't know why it's not a thing here, but yeah, it's not, not enough of a thing yet. In terms of, obviously you were saying you started telling people about your pain during sex and then you noticed that it was a much bigger problem. Um, now I know you've got some great stats on your website, so can you give us an overview of how big this issue actually is? Because I know within the endometriosis community, it's a big problem, but it's it's wider than that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is very, sorry, I keep actually, I'm, my my inappropriate teenage self is like, how big is the issue? How wide is the issue? I'm like, well, that's actually the problem. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry to go there. But um, but generally, just a quick side note, the, the broad, mis there we go, the wide <laughs> misunderstanding um, is that it has to do with male size, that it has to do with um, size and anatomy. And, you know, he's too big, she's too small. And then there's a dismissal of the actual symptoms at hand. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the number is that 75% of women 
uh, will experience painful sex in their lifetime. I still can't get over that state. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's, in, well, I mean, the, I would say though that this, these are women who've reported it. Yeah. So it could be even higher. Yeah. I, I think that the, the issue is, is generally that, um, you know, we're, we're culturally conditioned to internalize pain. Uh, there's also kind of this, this institutional problem. It's called the gender pain gap where women are treated differently in our medical systems. Um, and it, and it ha- and it is very much along those lines when it comes to sex as well. I think less than 40% of doctors routinely ask about sexual complications. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I've ever been asked. No, no, I, I have not been either. They just kind of say, are you having sex? Yes. No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They want to know if like you're sexually active for some, like if you're at risk or something, but other than that, they're like, they don't ask. And you know, the, the, um, there are lots of early signs as well. You know, 70% of teenagers who have painful periods have endometriosis and there are comorbidities that exist at the teenage stage that are very viable. The education is missing from both genders as well, because it's not just up to the women or female bodied, you know, people to, um, to understand the, the pain, but it's, it's, it, there are, it takes two to tango, whether, regardless of your sexual orientation, um, everyone should have an understanding of, of pelvic anatomy and the potential complications that could occur during sex. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. And yeah, I mean, we were talking beforehand, hopefully like the menstrual well-being that's coming about in the UK in 2020 will have an effect. I'd be really interested to see in like 10, 20 years, you know, what the impact is of that. And hopefully we can be an example for other countries. I mean, we're definitely not an example in many aspects right now, but um, yeah, hopefully we can be with that. There's there's actually a really exciting program that's starting in the U.S. It's called the School Nurse Initiative, where they are training school nurses in middle and high school to be able to... um, address painful periods and understand a lot of the pelvic pain complications and, and be a part of facilitating early diagnosis and, and be a part of that reference process. That's amazing. Um, yeah. It's really, really exciting. Shannon Khan, who did the endo what document? Yes. Yeah. She's spearheading that. No, she's brilliant. That woman is brilliant. Yeah. She's really tall too. I just yeah. I gave her, I'm, I'm tiny. So I like gave her a hug and I was like up to her waist. I was like, you're amazing. But anyway, so the school, it's, it's really wonderful to see internationally how these initiatives, and again, congratulations um, on the petition. That is such a win. Thank you. Can you send me um, a link to, I, d- I don't know, like a news article or something that's talking about that new initiative, because it'd be great to put that in the show notes. Absolutely. It's, yes, there's a whole, it's, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Here, I'll send it to you for sure. <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, I know that clearly what inspired you to start the own up was your um experience with pain painful sex but what I mean how did the own up come about like what made you think fuck this like I'm not I'm not putting up with this anymore there has to be another way like what was the triggering moment for you and how did you come up with the concept and yeah where did it come from I think my my personal life there were a couple of of trajectories you know when there's like the slow trajectory down you don't really realize it's happening until they all meet at the bottom (laughs) you look up and you're just like wow I feel horrible about a lot of things right now um and and I got to a point where 
I, I, you know, to full disclosure, I really didn't know my body that well. And I had no resources or, or didn't have the strength to find them. And the only thing that I could think of was like the, the most common sense thing in my mind was like, how do I adjust penetration depth? Like if it hurts when penetration goes too deep, how do I make that not happen? And then I, I joked with a girlfriend about, well, you know, what if you just like put a donut on a penis and we <laughs> laughed about it. And then I got stone cold serious because it was like, well, you know, maybe that would make me feel better. And at the point that it did, and at the point that I gained confidence to talk about it, literally, oh, not, it just, it had a heartbeat from like day one. Um, because I, I reached out to the doctors that I knew and they said, oh, you know, I have a couple of patients who would love to try it out. And then, you know, and the first prototype was pretty cumbersome. <laughs> it was, it was, it was like more like a chew toy for a dog than a <laughs> than anyone should ever wear on their body. But, um, but there were a handful of people who called me in tears Oh wow! and said it, it literally changed their relationship with their body and then their relationship with their partner and their partner's body. And the inspiration to create Onut came from those stories. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is probably a good time to talk about what Ona is. Oh gosh! Wow. How, how did we skip that part? <laughs> um, <laughs> Ona is—it's a series of um, squishy rings that stack up. I guess. Okay. Yeah. You. Some people describe them like a cock ring, but I generally don't like to say that. But I just did, so I can't take it back. <laughs> but, um, it's a—they're uh, really soft and squishy, and they stack up um, at the base of a penetrating partner. And what it does is it acts like a little bit like a bumper during penetration. Um, and because the rings link together and they stack lengthwise, you can add or remove them to incrementally adjust to figure out what depths feel good for both partners. And they're, they're made out of, is it silicone? I can't remember what they're. So, so what's cool about the material is that we wanted it to be um, accessible to anyone with any lubrication preference, because I personally love silicone lubrication. Some people have, um, you know, they, they prefer water-based. Mm -hmm. So we chose an FDA approved material. It's, so it's a, it's a polymer blend to be specific. Yeah. Um, FDA approved so that you can use either silicone or water-based lube. Ah, oh, okay. And it's like, it's really super stretchy, isn't it? Yes. Uh, they, they stretch to be about eight inches wide. So um, we have heard from a couple gentlemen, you know, TBD, if it's psychological or physiological, that it feels, um, some of them say it feels a little snug. So um, we generally say to, to wrap it around a water bottle and it, they'll stretch out temporarily. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, but, but for the most part, um, you know, 95% say that it goes on, it stays on and it feels, it, it feels good. Um, we'll get into that later, but the partner response has been really positive. That's amazing. Yeah. So you created Own Up with the backing like of experts, right? So did you start, I know from watching your Kickstarter, you started on your own in the kitchen doing it. So firstly, how the hell did you do that? Because that's just insane and amazing like making like a product in your kitchen and like secondly when did the experts like get involved like that I feel like that's such a big I don't know it's like it's getting really serious you know like reaching out to experts and saying hey I've got this thing like can you help me develop it yeah so I actually um I I had no idea what I was doing and how did I make products in my kitchen is a, a the best question <laughs> um <laughs> 
I literally, to be totally honest, I got on the phone with a silicone company in like the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, um, uh, and asked them just to send me samples. Uh, like how do, how do I know, like, what is the vocabulary? How do I know? It? Like it's called the durometer of silicone is, is how, okay. <laughs> um, and then I got on the phone with a 3d printing company because you know, this material works with that one. And this one doesn't work. It, like there's so many different compatibilities or incompatibilities and just, you know, trial and error for, for a couple months until I actually got something that worked and then iterated on the design process. Um, I was afraid to bring it to doctors until I had a prototype that I was proud of, which is the current one. Um, and it was at that point that we, we finessed the sizing and the compression and um, the amount of rings. Um, but, uh, the way that the experts got involved, I was talking to a, a, a New York City urologist who was as like sarcastic and charismatic as you can imagine. And he was like, listen, you have to go to this medical conference and here are the five people you have to meet. And he gave me the list. He's like, just go. He's like, if you get in their offices, you're golden. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I did a lot of homework and I like, I, the onboarding to the pelvic floor is a beast. The pelvic floor is a, is a complicated place. And I just learned as much as I could. Yeah. And, um, I showed up at a medical conference with surgeons and PhDs and oh up and coming PhDs and by myself. I would have been terrified. I was, You're so brave. Well, you know, well, I just had to trust those phone calls that I had of people in tears and know that that this is something and and maybe someone would listen and um i i i remember one night the first night i, I brought my prototype with me to like the networking happy hour and was like guys i just want to show you like i made this thing and i like put it on my finger and i was like it goes on like this and people were like oh my god the volume just raised really what is this and i was like embarrassed and excited and we all like got emotional and and then at that point, I was like, all right, I got this. And I made myself visible to those five people mm. like every half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like they knew who I was also because I was a patient. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's a doctor. Everyone knows more than the next person. And all of a sudden you start like, hey, I'm a deep dyspnea patient. And they're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? You know, they get into they get into doctor mode. Um, and at that point, um, we became aligned. And, um, maybe like two weeks ago, I actually went to the same conference again and it was like, it felt like coming home. That's amazing. And like, like each one of those doctors that I had spoken to, we've now, we've now collaborated. They're, they're selling the product, they're promoting the product. I'm promoting their services. Um, we have a couple studies in the pipeline, which is really exciting. Like, no I, way. Yeah. We just got our first grant approved to do an IRB study within an endo population. This is amazing. Yeah. It's like, it's all just, it's so exciting. And, and it just goes to show that regardless, there are so many different ideologies when it comes to pelvic pain and what the solutions are, you know, and, and, you know, and our, our healthcare systems are, uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy in that. And, doctors are incentivized to perform surgeries and offer medication. And, and that differs from physical therapy. And there's, you know, there's a lot of complications with a lot of the different ideologies, but where everyone aligns, 
is um, around this, it sounds real, I feel really self-centered saying this, but Onut is, it's just, it's non-invasive. It, there's no side effects. It's um, a really friendly like tool as a part of a much larger toolkit that everyone can kind of agree on. Yeah. Um, and it's simple to try at home. Uh, it's, it puts the control back into, you know, someone's hands, whereas they where you know, in this entire landscape, there's often this spiral out of control. Um, and sex is often left out of that downward spiral conversation because, you know, your life is more important. Your, your organs are more important than like your sex life, but it's all, you know, it all affects your self-esteem and your quality of life. Yeah, completely. And it's awkward to talk about sex, right? So it's easy for it to be pushed to the side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so so th- these these experts who are having these conversations see this complication the most and they realize the, that this could be a huge asset um, in a really simple way. So who obviously, I mean, I don't know if you can name names or but what are the types of experts that are on board? Like what kind of, are they all like surgeons or pelvic floor therapists? Like, or do they vary? Uh, it, it varies. We, tr- we generally try to have it across the board. So we have um, definitely a couple um, um, minimally invasive surgeons. Uh, there's a um, uh, a gentleman who's um, who started the, oh my gosh, Andrew Goldstein. Wow. Now I'm, now, now I'm name dropping. Um, Erwin <laughs> <laughs> Goldstein, Andrew Goldstein. Um, he, he, Oh wow. I'm going to stop talking about the, the name of his center. Oh my gosh. Why is it failing me right now? Um, anyways, uh, but, sorry, sexual medicine, surgically invasive, um, surgeons. We do have, um, PhDs who, who do physical therapy. Um, the the PTs who are on board were past presidents of the International Pelvic Pain Society. Oh wow! Um, Ishwish is the uh, is the main sexual medicine organization. That's the that's the conference that I had gone to, um, and now we're tied in with the APTA, the American Physical Therapy Association. Um, the president of the women's health section is is a very close friend now, and. Um, yeah, and and sex sex therapists are also like really eager, but I'd say like those those early uh, those early early leaders who were on board were actually the surgeons and the, the surgeons and then the PTs. That's really interesting, and it, I think it's so good to like have that back in because I think it's easy when people want help and they need help and and they're desperate for help, right? Like they try all of these different things that are recommended. They don't really know like how legitimate they are and how trustworthy they are. Yeah. yeah. So to have that back in, you know, the scientific back in, I think is so important. Yeah. Well, because they see, they see what happens when, uh, when, when you, when they perform these surgeries that cause early onset menopause and they see what happens when, you know, someone who wants to be sexually active feels self-conscious because they have unwanted facial hair, you know, hor- Hormonal imbalances that are caused by a lot of these medications are just as as detrimental. Like they're inhibitors of success, regardless of whether or not surgery went well. So these guys in particular recognize um, the, the you know the biopsychosocial model, the interdisciplinary um, methodology. Yeah. And so, what has 
So when you did the Kickstarter, right? When when was that? It was uh, June 2018, which is mind-blowing to me because we... I know, wow. We just started shipping in November. And it's, what month is it? It's March right now? And oh, yeah, it's been, it's been a hustle. Just a reminder that today's show is sponsored by BU Period Patches. And I wanted to share another really incredible testimonial that's come in um, about from an endometriosis warrior about yeah her success with um, the patches. Sticking these on without getting them stuck to themselves or caught is a little difficult, but so worth it. My period pains have been debilitating since I was around 17. And over the years, I've been prescribed tramadol, codeine, high dosage cocodamol, literally you name it by doctors who couldn't find a diagnosis or fix for the pain. These patches provide pain relief that doesn't wipe me out for the day and lets me go to work, go out, have fun, etc. Previously, I'd need to be in bed for at least two days over the course of my period for pain and result in nausea. Now I can be up and about and I'm not dreading the start of my period anymore. I can't even explain how much this is going to change my mumps now that I don't have to take sick or holiday days to cope the first two days of my period. Knowing that this pain relief is 100% natural as well, it's so reassuring. I'm not pumping my body with painkillers or doing long-term damage. It's encouraging and exciting. Thank you. I mean, yeah, you can see these period patches are really changing the reality of people's lives everywhere. And I really believe it's important that everyone's given options to, you know, from painkillers to natural treatment options to be able to find something that works for them because it's not, it's horrible having to take tramadol. And I remember taking tramadol when I broke my back in an English class and thinking I was flying above my seat. It's not practical. You can't be on tramadol like every month to cope with your period pain. There has to be more solutions for people and I'm so glad BU are stepping up to do that. So if you would like to try them, um, they are $4.99 for a subscription pack or $5.99 for a one-off pack and the link to try them is in my show notes. Please do let me know if you try them. I'd, I'd love to hear what you think. What has been the response from couples? And also, like, if you don't mind talking about it, like your response, how how do you feel differently now and how are couples feeling differently? Yeah. Um, I, do you mind actually if I, if I read a testimonial? Go for it. Sure. So you can like, because I think it's, I can, I can talk until my face turns blue, but I think just hearing a story is... Um, okay. So actually, I, to be honest, I got it on March 14th, which was yesterday. <laughs> okay. Amazing. Um, hello, Emily and team. I met you at the endometriosis summit where I purchased my very own Onut set. My PT had suggested it a few months ago, and I was so excited to see you there. I had my second surgery for endometriosis this past December. I won't go into my whole sob story as it's one that you know all too well but I will say that my husband and I have been actively trying to conceive for a year and a half, taking a break, of course, while I healed. Over time, sex has become so painful to me that I would dread it, making the already stressful experience of trying to have a baby, one that I officially loathe. The first night that we had sex with the Onut, literally the same night I bought it, I couldn't wait to try it. I practically cried afterwards because it was the most I've enjoyed sex for such a long time. A huge weight has been lifted from our lives and I can't thank you enough for creating such a magical and needed product. 
Wow. So, <laughs> I mean, it says it all. Yeah. Sorry. I like, I don't know why. I just, I'm, I get very emotional when no, these come in. Of course, of course. It's like, you know, you put your head down to the grind and you work so hard and then you like look up and, and someone's life is maybe a little bit different. Um, so the response, um, the response has been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. And, and the thing that's interesting is like, oh, not isn't going to work for everyone. And even if it works, sometimes it might not work all the time because our bodies change when we're stressed out, when there's certain times of the month, if you have, if you just had a fight with your partner, sex isn't going to feel good, whether or not you have anything, you know, that's supposed to facilitate it. So given the fact that, you know, it's not a guarantee. Um, just the fact that it's opening up this conversation and it's giving people a sense of hope. And in some cases it does work very, very, very well. Um, all of those things combined are all very life-changing uh, collectively. So, um, yeah, the response has been, um, it's been good. Uh, you know, getting to the question about how, what is, what, how it's affected me. Um, it's, it's a little bit different of a tangent to be totally honest. Um, I would say that there's actually a struggle that I'm still dealing with. And it's the fact that I have a hard time speaking up during sex. It's uncomfortable. And even during the Kickstarter campaign, my partner at the time, who is the loveliest man on the planet, he like ball and chained me down, not like in a sexual way, but <laughs> he like forced me to sit down. And he was like, you need to tell me when sex hurts, like the physical cues so I can understand them. Like, how can I empower you to speak up? And I was just an absolute mess of tears because I was embarrassed that I still couldn't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, 10 years of that though, I can imagine it set a very strong pattern in your brain. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, and and to say that everything's like pretty and rainbowy and whatever is, it would be a lie because it's you know things don't change overnight. Um, but but it's but the beauty of it is it's a process, and Ona is like this magnificent catalyst for a, a whole new view of of what you know of of the room to grow as as an individual and as a couple. Yeah, completely. And um, what's the what's the response that you're getting from the men who are wearing it? Yeah. Oh man. Um, okay, well, <laughs> first of all, okay, well, let's like lighten the load a little bit here. Um <laughs> so I, I guess I, if I'm being totally honest, you have to use own it with lubrication. Mm -hmm. And if 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 anyone's not used lube before, I would say lubrication is the best sex toy on the planet. Yeah, I would never not use lube at all. Oh my god. Like I always and I just feel like it's a it should be said to every person with pain. Like I don't know if you don't have pain because I don't not have pain, right? So but like I just think it I think it helps enormously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well like everything well, literally and figuratively everything goes way smoother yeah. um, um oh I mean and and to that point exactly um it's even if you don't have pain oh my god it just you know because so many I feel like so many women across ages are like well I don't need it I don't need lubrication well it's like honey I don't care you should just try it anyway yeah 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 <laughs> um, 
But so, so the male response, um, because you have to put lubrication on and then you slide this like nicely ribbed little stack of rings down the penis, it's like, well, oh, maybe I could also move it up the penis and then move it back down the penis. Like, <laughs> you know, there are other things that you can do with it. We actually, we, someone wrote in last week and said that it, um, it was the most romantic hand job she's ever given. Um, so listen, I mean, that has nothing to do with pain during sex, but if everyone's happy about a hand job, like cheers to that. Yeah. Um, so, um, but also to be fair and the, the partners have been generally, they can't, there's, there's nothing that they can do. Like men like to fix things, right? Mm. Like, you know, and when it comes to pelvic pain, it's a one-sided experience most of the times, like the, the, the surgery, the medication, the healing, the therapy, you know, all of that. Um, and Onut all of a sudden becomes a collaboration. It's like, oh, like, let's add a ring. Like, let's take one away. Let's try this position. How does this feel? All of a sudden, there's like, there's this thing to orient around where you're like, oh, like, is this okay? Like, should we, there's a consciousness that is so very much about the partnership working together. And that in itself literally causes the body to relax. Yes. Yeah, completely. And, um, and it's resulted in a much greater physical experience, um, and an intimate one as well. Like so many men are like, what does it feel like? You know, it's like, well, you put your penis away for a minute and just like actually acknowledge, think about the best sex you've ever had and why was it so good? And the answer is not generally like, oh, like this was the best, like, you know, physical sensation I've ever had. It was like, we had a really beautiful, like awesome connection. Like there was a dynamic, there was a thing there. It's the intangible interpersonal that actually increases the physical sensation that's that's the the biggest informer and when you have something that can um sorry I feel like I'm talking a lot I'm just really excited. you're being interviewed you're supposed to talk a lot that's a good thing <laughs> um no but yeah when, when you can have um just like a little something a little simple something um that can bring you closer to a partner they're all about it yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm really, really glad that the response from men has been like that. Not because I'm concerned about their pleasure, but because I was worried that men wouldn't be on board. That they'd be like, oh, I have to do this thing. Like, you know, just because you, I, it's just, yeah, I just thought they just wouldn't always be down for it. But everything that I've read online in your reviews and stuff, it's it's really changed experience for both people in the relationship yeah oh my gosh absolutely well I mean so so I will say I mean I, to say that like every guy wants to put this thing on is it would be an overstatement I mean there's definitely resistance because generally there's an aversion or, or, or um a sensitivity around masculinity when it comes to not being able to please your partner yeah yeah you know without making adjustments and um so that definitely gets in the way sometimes, but, um, and it's, and along those lines, there's a female sensitivity to male sensitivity. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Like we were literally, um, talked about on the doctor's TV show and the biggest concern that some of the male doctors had on the panel were like, you know, what if a guy doesn't want to use it or like, what, uh, sorry, what was the, um, it was like how to stroke a guy's ego about it. 
Um, and, and, and it was like, oh, you know, like, don't make it about like the female pain, make it about the guy's size. Like it, you don't have to address the female pain part of it. Just like let his oh, ego. God. It was like, wait a minute. We're actually glossing over the problem right now, which is <laughs> being able to orient around uh, like the shared experience and actually address pelvic pain. But, um, what was I gonna, oh, the first question that people ask men and women is what is the male's experience? Really? Yeah. That's super yeah. interesting. I mean, are you like, what is your take on that? Like, do you think that that makes sense or? Yeah, no, I think it, I think it makes sense. Um, it just saddens me. Yeah. That's all. But I do think it makes sense. I guess I was hoping that like I would be like proven wrong, but I felt like I had like an instinct that, yeah, would be something along those lines. And it's such a, especially with the endometriosis community, I think there's a lot of guilt for, you know, for, for experiencing pain during sex and then making it, the fear of making it unpleasurable or not enough for the partner. So I think that when something like Ona is introduced, there's that like fear of like, is it going to make it better for me, but worse for him, right? Like, I think that might be like mm-hmm. part of it because the people with endo are already feeling a level of guilt. It's probably going to then, it's going to be exaggerated. But the stories that I've read and the reactions that I've seen, like in the videos and stuff, like is, you know, both couples are are happy. Like you, obviously you said it's it's not for everyone, but um, there are success stories. So it's clearly... Yeah, it's clearly working and very much worth trying. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, along those lines, though, just like physically speaking, um, most men forget that it's there because there actually are very few nerve endings around the base of the penis. So, um, and, and actually, and it, and if you actually feel the inside of the onion, it's it's like it kind of feels like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it actually, you forget that, and you still get that hip to hip feeling which is cool because it actually feels like you're going for it yeah you can yeah. go for it you're like wow you kind of <laughs> feel like a superhero you're like oh my god because you have like one understanding of what that position feels like and all of a sudden you're like oh so that's what everyone's talking about like <laughs> um yeah it's not that I know what that feels like or anything but um <laughs> uh but it's 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 pretty it's it's exciting and and I think it's absolutely worth a try absolutely worth a try practicalities mm-hmm. what are your frequently asked like questions and concerns that like we can kind of cover now so people can go away without those like yeah those worries in their minds or those queries absolutely um uh, can it be used with a condom absolutely um uh, water-based and silicone-based lubrication are good to go um, generally, so these aren't questions that people ask, but they're actually, I think, really important, um, parts of the puzzle. Um, we always tell people to start with three rings and it comes with four, uh, because in the early days of testing, when we just started to have the stacking, um, component, people would start with one. And, and then in that second, you know, sexual, sorry, it's in the same sexual event, they would ask for a second one, but they would be too embarrassed to ask for a third. Right. And that's saying, yeah. Oh, so, so interesting. I always wondered why you say that. Um, so we always say start with three because some people, um, yeah, I mean, some that might, th- also three is a magic number, let's be honest. 
Um, um, yeah, and then and then it's it gives you the flexibility to adjust from there. You can add another one or take away. Um, the other misconception is that it's compared to dilators, like it's a kit. Um, like you know, as you get better, you work downwards. You know, start with right. three, go two and one. But sometimes um, there it may not be a progression, um, depending on your body, your partner's body, and what what you're going through. Um, for me, I've never been able to go down beneath three. I always use three. Um, some people will always use four. Some people always use two. Yeah. Uh, one, one woman who you, I talked to her like two weeks ago, she said she uses two. And then what, during sex, she holds on to the other two and squeezes them like a stress toy. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so anyway, so, so the, the start with three and the fact that it's actually not a progression, those are very, very big ones. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, say those are, those are the biggest ones. And then the size thing, if, if it does feel a little snug, we just wrap it around a water bottle. So do you do that? So do you wrap it around a water bottle before sex or do you just leave it on for like a day and then it's fine forever? Yeah, just leave it, leave it on for a couple hours. I mean, it depends also because it, it'll shrink back a little bit. But, um, you know, depending on how, because, you know, guys start to develop a preference. Well, I actually, well, come to think of it, that's too loose now. Okay. You know, then they, then they kind of second guess. They're like, oh, well, maybe I actually like the way, you know, that it, it felt before. But, um, yeah, it all, it all kind of comes comes back to its original shape um, depending on how long you leave it for. Okay. Yeah. And... What about like for people who, you know, do experience pain with sex and this is their first time using it, is there like a suggestion of like take it slow at first? Because like I don't know, like my instinct would be to take it slow, but I someone might be listening and being like, Yeah, I'm gonna try it and then I'm gonna absolutely go for it. <laughs> and you know, and their body's not ready for it or something, you know? Yeah. Well, so the cool thing, so in, I, I, yeah, never, never just like dive right in. Take the scenic route always. It's also, <laughs> it's like everyone is so obsessed with orgasm. It's like, chill out guys. Yeah. You know, what are we in a race for? The orgasm lasts like how long and how long do you have sex for? Like, let's think of the proportions here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so one of Okay, so the box also, a lot of like love went into the box. I love the box. It's so yeah. cute. When I got it, I was like, oh, it's really pretty. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Tell me, did anything like stand out or? I mean, obviously, I think your branding is amazing, but I liked that you had like this little, you had like tips on how to use it. And then you had like, um, what were they like called partner tips or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes, conversation starters. Yeah. And yeah, I really like that touch. Yeah. So that's so that's exactly um one of the things that we try to encourage. And and that particular tip is um I guess we maybe maybe we'll leave it as a surprise. You have to you have to buy it to find out. Um <laughs> but, but um it's this really wonderful like massage back and forth like dialogue that is so um it opens up a whole new space for conversation it's basically like you talk through a massage in a, in a very specific way mm. like a back massage or a hand massage and all of a sudden you're like wow I can ask for what I want yeah and then your partner wow she asked for what I want it's helpful not threatening 
you know, it just like creates a, it creates a space and a dynamic, um, that's safe and non-judgmental and non-threatening. Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, do that first <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then play around with lube. Um, not just, you know, where it counts, but, um, you know, anywhere really, it's like, you can take a, a two inch piece of thigh and just like touch that for two minutes. And you're like, wow, did not realize I was sensitive there. Um, I think we're all just in kind of a hurry and it's, and it's that rush that, um, you know, that changes the outcome. So yeah. Also, I would just like to put out the question, like kissing. When was the last time, like all of us made out? Yes. So true. My friend <laughs> said this to me, like, I mean, here's her ex now, but <laughs> when they weren't exes, she was saying like, they were never really like a kissing couple. And then I think this is, and then they, then they broke up and then they got back together. And during the being back together, they were like, you know, really kissing for a while and she was like it was amazing like we never did that it was amazing and like me and my boyfriend are quite good with kissing but sometimes we go through a few you know just a while where we haven't properly kissed and then when we do I'm like oh yeah like isn't it weird how when something's removed you don't always notice it until it comes back yeah yeah do you know what I mean I think that can happen when relationships like not necessarily like if you if you take away sugar or something, you're going to notice that that's gone, right? But like, <laughs> but within relationships, I think it can become really easy to let something fall away and not notice that it's gone and not notice that you're missing it or something's gone from your relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then the questions are, is like, how do you remember to do those things? Um, that everyone has like very different answers for that. <laughs> But, yeah, I was about to say, I'm not really sure what my answer would be to that. <laughs> so, I mean, and it kind of goes back to the what Onet does is it's it's a reminder to slow down. It's a reminder to ask questions. It's a reminder to explore. I think I think so much of, of the way that we, are, our approach towards sex is like, what is the answer? What is the thing that feels yes. the best? Yeah. What is the thing yeah. that's going to get you off? What is the thing that like, makes you the happiest. It's like, it's all so superlative based that we forget that the joys of sex are actually in discovery and not knowing. It's, it's the exploration itself. It's, it's, it's the things that kind of get messy or like, like, you know, like when that like weird sound happens or like, <laughs> some, you know, it's like it's the weird stuff that you're like, and you like laugh, you know, uh, that's, those joys, it's the joy of sex that I think is often forgotten. And, and bringing in a catalyst like Onut, whether you actually have pain or not, it, like, it makes everything feel different. Like that one position that you love, put Onut on and you're like, whoa, that's different. Yeah. You know, it reinvents not just penetration, but just your, the confidence in oneself to try new things. Um, and, um, and I think that's, that's one of the biggest things with Ona is just to, just to explore. I love that. I think that's just such a beautiful place to end this. Yeah. This interview. I just feel like, yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. So where can people find Ona? Where can people buy Ona? 
Um, absolutely. Um, check us out. We're on all social media. Uh, our, our name is at Onutco, O-H-N-U-T-C-O. And our website is www.ohnut.co. Amazing. Um, or you can also type in that Google search bar we all love and just type in Onut. And um, there's a nut company. There's generally a Simpsons reference and then there's us. So. <laughs> good, good to know. So if all else fails, just Google Onut. <laughs> so um, can people, do people just get Onut directly from your site? Or, I mean, you were saying doctors are selling it now. So yeah, is it sold in any like stores or anything yet? Yeah, um, generally the, the stores, um, it's, uh, we're getting into more and more stores these days. Um, you know, we did just kind of launch, so we're still ironing. No, out. of course. Yeah, no, I'm not expecting you to, but I was just making sure in case people, yeah, wondered. Yeah, and we do ship internationally and we've actually lowered our international shipping rates. We're actually eating a lot of the shipping cost because it's important for people internationally to be able to, um, to have it still be accessible. Uh, yeah, so you can just order direct from us, um, or reach out to us. There's a contact form and we can kind of direct you accordingly. Amazing. And I'd love to know, um, before we end the studies that you're going to begin doing, like, do you know, like the time frame, like when we can kind of keep our eye out for news about those and yeah. Is there any way that people can get involved? Um, uh, the, so it will be kicking off in this, in hopefully the spring, summer is the idea. And then, um, we're still kind of ironing out how long it will take, but I will absolutely, um, keep you informed with that. And then, um, the other one, we're probably kicking off next fall. It's, it's for a interstitial cystitis. <gasps> oh my God. That's my other, yeah. My other thing. Oh yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll continue that conversation. <laughs> Um, so I'm really excited about that as well. Um, so that'll be kicking off. That'll just be a case series. So, okay. uh, yeah. Oh, Siri. Oh, I said case series and Siri just checked. <laughs> wow. She, she felt left out for a minute. Um, your series yeah. on it. Mine's pretty crap. I mean, I just said Siri and it hasn't done anything. So, uh, it's okay. Sometimes you just have to you know, give her a little massage and ask her how it feels. Um, <laughs> thanks for the tip. <laughs> oh dear well it was this was so lovely um and absolutely reach out and and anyone who's listening just absolutely reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and we are a small company so literally any feedback that you give us informs the changes that go into our language into our visuals into like what we create so please 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 reach out uh yeah that's no that's amazing and oh wait before we end your ad your endometriosis ad Goodness. Yeah. Can you explain a bit oh. more about what happened with that? Yes. Um, so, you know, we're in the middle of endometriosis awareness month and uh, we've been very cautious with putting money behind advertising a lot of our media posts uh, because we got flagged recently as a sex company, as like a, as as we're breaking the adult content regulations of Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, we, so we tried to create endometriosis ads that had nothing to do with sex. It was literally just endometriosis awareness. We created a hat. I saw it. I love the hat. Yeah. It says pain is not a weakness. And we tried to put ad spend behind it and it literally got rejected. Wait, why? I don't understand. 
Um, we just appealed it, and they said it doesn't abide by their um, sexual content guidelines. So we did a drawing of Dolly Parton and told a story about how Dolly Parton collapsed on stage during one of her conference during one of her performances mm. because of endo. Yeah, and that was affected. We had we posted a statistic. That said, um, it takes an average of 3.5 years to sail around the world. It takes an average of 7 to 10 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis. All of those, none of them sexual in orientation, were rejected. I'm so confused. Like, that is, this is the problem. This is the problem. Um, that we can't have these you know, not just sexual education conversations, but pelvic health education conversations because it's shrouded under the veil of sex and vaginas and, you know, God forbid that any of that language come up. Um, and it, it's also just extremely inconsistent with other brands that are also advertised that are currently. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, completely. I, I feel like there's another petition coming on, Emily. I feel like we need to start a petition because <laughs> this is ridiculous. I've heard about this becoming a problem that because Facebook have taken over, they're really cracking down on anyone who talks about sex and they're like literally closing accounts. So I keep trying to censor the word sex when I write about it, but I forget. So, um, I'm like, Oh shit, am I going to literally just wake up one morning and my account's gone? Like, and is it gone for good? Like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, but I, I hadn't heard anything about them cracking down on endometriosis and why on earth would they crack down on endo? Like what a stupid thing. I... Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, if you kind of dig into it, it's like, you know, we did get some feedback that if we try to redirect people to our website. And so we hope we like looked through our website. We're like, is everything, is everything kosher here? And then we looked back at their complaints and their complaint was that there's too much skin what in, in like a sexual context and we can't use any like medical diagrams that include like boobs butts or nipples and it was like you know what the only skin on our website are two people with their hands tied. yeah i was about to say you've got hands that's what you've got on your website yeah it's like ultimately it's like nobody looked at it that, that's that's the bottom line so no one cared no one took the time to look at it they just sent us an, an automated response so that's it can you you're appealing so we've, we've appealed it. We have, I have a contact in at Facebook, but it's just a really slow process. And it, it, it's almost getting, you know, it's one of those things where it's that, that like downward trajectory. It's like, how long do we want to play nice um, before we kick up a fuss? And the ultimate goal is to get Facebook to adjust their, you know, to, to like stay amicable. But if that's not working, what do we do? Um, and we're, we're, you know, we have a couple of press articles that are kind of in the pipeline about it. But um, we also, also, sorry, side note, but like it, over Christmas time, we had a gingerbread poet. It was like these very adorable gingerbread men in like yoga positions. And it was like, <laughs> make sure you stretch so that like your Christmas dinner like gets moved through your digestive system. That got rejected. What? Yeah. I'm so confused by Facebook's like a system. It makes no sense. Because I see pictures of like bums all the time, like they come up. So, you know, like there's so much like that. How do how do celebrities have pictures where they're like barely dressed and that doesn't get banned? Right. Or you have or you have heart medication. 
And the side effects of the heart medication aren't required to be in the advertisement. It's like, how does that, how does that comply? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. From one side to the other. It's like, you know, on it's, it's, um, it's extremely inconsistent and it's, it's, it's the systemic problem <laughs> that is um, preventing uh, the broader education that's needed for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but the but the press pieces. Listen, and and if there's any way that we can collaborate, or if anyone listening has any ideas about potentially creating a position or creating a larger movement on Facebook or Instagram, like also please reach out. We love to collaborate. Absolutely love to collaborate. Yeah, I'm going to think about this because I think it's going to affect a lot of really important accounts that yeah I truly believe in, and I and I think from what I understand, they're really cracking down. I I I try and find you. I'll try and send you what I found out about the fact that they're like cracking down on these types of accounts. And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. But it's not cool. No, to say the least. <laughs> like, um, but we'll, we'll find our way around it. I have, I have no doubt when there's a will, there's a way. And I, this is just gonna, it's going to piss enough people off that something's got to change. So, um, and listen, I mean, kind of like your petition that just got um, that granted, like, you just have to stay persistent and optimistic. And, and I don't know, I think that that's, we just have to, you know, keep moving forward. Yeah. Of <laughs> Regardless course. of who tries to pull us, like, you know, it's like five steps forward, one very big step back, but let's make five more steps forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, yeah, we're rooting for you and I'm going to have a think about this and get back in touch and hopefully some people get in touch with you too. And we will take Facebook down. <laughs> I mean, um, that's going to take a couple of us. <laughs> Listen, count me in. I count in for that. But uh, yeah, thanks. Thank you again. This is really lovely. No, thank you. I made a little bit of a segue there, but it's been, I just wanted to talk about that before we wrapped up. But yeah, thank you so much for being on. I think so many people are going to find relief with Ona and just have, breathe a sigh of relief that more and more people are talking about painful sex because it's about time. Um, so yeah, thank you for all your work and for starting to make a prototype in your kitchen. Oh yeah. Um, you know, life, life was really sticky for a while and I'm glad for that part of it to be over, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but I guess you're welcome. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone, if you also want to know about how to make products like that in your home, give me (laughs) like, shoot me a message. I'll, I'll fill you in. Cool. Thank you so much, Emily. I hope you have a lovely weekend and yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Before we wrap up, I just want to remind you that you can try the own up for yourself. You can get 15% off with the code JD2019. So it's a capital J for Jessica and a capital D for Duffin. Just enter that code at checkout. And if you also can make sure that you use the link to owner in the show notes, um, that will ensure that um, I receive a, a small percentage and that will help me cover the costs of hosting this show and putting it out into the world. And that would mean so much to me. So thank you so much. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. 
as always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Thank you.